Are you stressed and filled with anxiety like I am? Maybe in a bit of pain from that car accident you had a few years ago? Well, the sponsor of today's episode, Hempville CBD, has us covered. They have the highest quality products created by chemists and doctors. Hempville carries everything from CBD to THC dispensary grade without those despicable dispensary prices. Order your Delta 8, 9, edibles, and vapes along with the THCA flower and get free shipping when you spend $50 or more at HempvilleCBD.com. Check out the link in the description for more details. Welcome to the Film of Science, the double feature podcast. Join us as we unravel the interwoven experience of the continuous conversation of cinema. Take part in pairing movies worth their cursed counterparts, movies that share DNA, or even pairing questionable duos by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash We offer tiers at the $1, $5, and $20 level, where the $5 tier will grant the ability to request films to further the discussion. So grab some popcorn, sit back, and get ready to join the 100-year conversation. This is the Film of where movies are more than just entertainment they're an experience they're an experience all around you. You, you and welcome back to another episode of the film of steins thank you guys for joining us today i'm joined today by my fallen friend lucy hello everyone falling in this ice now you're falling from heaven falling from you're, heaven you're a fallen angel <gasps> you're a fucking demon oh no <laughs> I was about to say, wait, I like that, but never mind. You can join us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for brand new episodes of The Film of Steins. Some recent episodes include Chris Nolan's Inception, the the movie Rebel Moon, the creator Napoleon, Ridley Scott's new film, shout out, and Society of the Snow, an actually really great Netflix movie. How about that? Remember to leave nice reviews, comments, thoughts, and ideas over on our Patreon at patreon.com slash Everything is acceptable. Everything? Yep, whatever you want to say over there. Go recommend a movie. Thank you. Give us a dollar. Or we're, two. Or two. We appreciate the help. But today we're discussing a favorite film of 2023, Justine Trier's Anatomy of a Fall. Hmm? Got some adulty film for you here. Adulty? Like adult, not like X-rated, uh, but like, a, you know, this is like a an adult film. This is going to bore the shit out of kids uh, kind of thing. Bore the shit out of me. <laughs> My child? Yes. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying, exactly. This seems to be one of the favorites of the year. And I'm happy to report that I think it's okay. I think it's a fine movie. I think there's some really great pieces. I think there's some weird focuses. I think there's some neglected points. But man, what are you what are you thinking about this film? I know it bored the shit out of you. Yeah, it was pretty boring um it didn't really pick up for me until the third act maybe the end of the second act and that's all i have to say it was it it was hard to watch well it wasn't hard to watch like you know rebel moon or little mermaid or teenage kraken but it was just hard to get into visually it was just okay so i i didn't have that to kind of fall on i was intrigued it's, you know, a kind of murder trial crime movie, I guess. I don't know what you would categorize it as, but at least that was intriguing. You had me hooked there. But oh my God, I just I, I just couldn't get into it. It was about, what, two and a half hours? It was, yeah. It felt 
like two and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> I thought if I sighed loud enough, you would turn it off, but you didn't. <laughs> Did you sigh? <laughs> yes. Oh, that's funny. I didn't even notice. Yeah, this is a film that I feel like is so close to being, I don't know, intellectually there. I mean, first of all, did she kill her husband? At first, I thought she totally did. You know, it's it's always the wife. It's always the partner. Always. No matter what. No matter even if you think maybe not this time. It is. And there were a lot. There was a lot of. Uh, I don't want to say there was a lot of back and forth. The whole movie, I wasn't like, okay, she did it. Okay, she didn't do it. The whole movie, I thought, okay, I think she did it. So maybe I missed a little bit of that. Um mental stimulation for me to kind of go back and forth but then towards the end of the film there were two instances that convinced me otherwise that she didn't do it so i ended up the film with she didn't do it and i think that's kind of at the crux of the major problem with this film is i feel like the film runs out of the gate with you you know leaning on the side she did it she probably did it you know and as the case goes on, I feel like it's trying to make it a little bit more uncertain by trying to make Sandra not so tasteful and unfavorable and kind of, you know, egomaniac kind of oriented person. But I think while it does do some of that, it doesn't make her look bad. It actually makes her look more like an adult and trustworthy individual and make Samuel look kind of like a baby. Yes. Which doesn't help the case for, you know, Samuel and the prosecutor. So I'm just like, what angle is this movie trying to take? Because it, it seems to favor Sandra when it feels like they're trying to create this back and forth. Yeah, the only reason... Well, maybe not the only reason, but one of the big reasons why I thought she did it was because she lied about the bruises on her arm. So that, to me, kind of made it seem like, okay, our main character's lying. So there was something going on. Something she's not fully saying here. And I think that brings us to the other important problem with this movie, because it, it also feels like it's trying to instill in you that not everything is as it seems. Nothing is as detailed as anyone could ever want it to be. You only show people what you want them to see at you know different times, like Samuel with his therapist and stuff. Of course, his therapist is going to say that he's non-suicidal because if Samuel was to bring that up, that's going to create a different situation between him and his therapist that maybe he actually enjoys he, he maybe he enjoyed that relationship they had yeah. maybe it was a way for it was an escape for samuel so of course he's not going to bring up that he's suicidal no and who want who wants their therapist to think they're <laughs> bad yeah you want them on your side because you they validate you exactly at least that's what i do in therapy i think that's what samuel did too at the very least and so i what i do think this movie does really well is it helps show you the rocky side of a marriage and that that is mostly shown through the argument which is 10 out of 10 phenomenal yes. great argument i'd like to say the movie's worth watching just for that it's a little long for that to be you know your climax and 
the reason why, but there is some build up to it that I think makes it really worthwhile at the end of the day, especially in the court with the prosecutor who stole the show away. I don't know his name. I think he's just the prosecutor. <laughs> just in, the prosecutor. On, and on the wiki page. Okay. Because, I mean, I think Sandra and Samuel do, both do great job. But I don't know what it is. It's kind of like the guy from Oppenheimer when he's grilling all of Oppenheimer and his friends and stuff during, you know, during that movie. He's just, he steals the show away in a, such an interesting way. What I didn't like about the prosecutor, though, was how biased he was. Yeah, that's also a problem I have with the movie is it started to feel like it was an attack on Sandra and her personality and how she's depicted in these recordings and how she's a little bit of an egomaniac and feels like she's maybe a little better than some people and he picks up on that and runs with it. Yeah, and in, in an American court, or what we would see on TV anyway, I don't know about the real court system, that's quick to be called and ended you know like a defamation of character yeah and here they they ran with it yeah that's also a really strange thing about this movie it makes me wonder it's i it's almost a a pass i guess but what's up with the french court system it's out of fucking control <laughs> everybody is talking when they're when it's someone else's turn to talk and they talk over each other and interrupt each other it's just like it's cool in a way but it also feels like we're letting this happen intentionally to maybe, I don't know, obscure what people are saying and obfuscate what people are saying in some way and trying to distract. I like that you bring that up because when I was reading, it said that um, Justine was influenced a lot by the Amanda Knox case. Which is? Um, an American student went to study abroad in Italy and she had a roommate that was murdered. And she got accused of killing her roommate. Uh, and she was wrongfully accused. And um, she was just targeted as this, like, you know, slutty American who came to another country and is over here doing, you know, bad things. They treated the whole court case was a mess and super biased towards her and her character. And, um, you know, she had a boyfriend. She liked to go out and do stuff i mean you know americans were sex crazed so they ran with that and she was i think she was wrongfully accused but it was resolved in months but i mean still that's months of her life and she didn't do anything and then they found the guy and he was found guilty and she was she got to come back to the states so i can see the influence there with that mess of a court system and america's character being defamed like that but i'm not sure I thought that was a while ago, but maybe not. Okay, so it was 2015. That's kind of not long ago. <laughs> and I do like the angle that she is German being trialed in a French Grenoble, right, town mm -hmm. or whatever it's called, a French court. And I also like the angle of the interpretation, how they're having to translate what she's saying, you know, through the teleprompter or whatnot. Yeah, I like how annoyed they are that that has to happen. Yeah. Like, they're pissed that they have to go out of their fucking way to accommodate someone. And I, and I like the element of this collective preconceived agreement that she's totally guilty. 
of killing this guy. Yeah, now that starts making sense with her being a foreigner, making her guilty just for that. And of course, she's a partner. So, you know, it's not just because she's a foreigner, but. The bias, though, is balanced in a strange way, though. Because it's so attacking or because they're pulling things that everybody does or almost like because she's looking out for herself, she's getting attacked. She wrote the book. She did what people always say they're going to do. I'm going to write that book. I'm going to get that job. I'm, I'm going to apply for that job. I'm going to do this that no one ever does, but she had the, the guts to do it. And now Samuel is the victim here. And I guess, I mean, yes, yes. And that is kind of where my frustration is with this movie. They make her look like just a high-functioning role model almost of an adult. And they make Samuel look like a baby. The investigation is, there's like, where is the investigation? Just where is the investigation? We see, I get we almost entirely see a somewhat objective view of Sandra's position in the world. We're not seeing really through her eyes. We're with Daniel here and there. You know, we see his experiment and stuff. Which was fucked up, by the way. I have an issue with that. His experiment. Oh, it was awesome. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's some of the best acting of the year right there. With that dog. The dog. <laughs> with his tongue stinging out. That was crazy. That's how my nieces look when they fake, you know, when they're playing dead. They stick their tongue out like yeah. that. It almost felt like the investigation was just protocol and they have to do it because of policy, but they're not actually trying to find any of the pieces of what happened because they are already, they've already decided that Sandra's guilty, but they can't, but because of their negligence in the investigation, they don't actually have anything because everything just ends up being an attack on her behavior and confidence. Which gets quickly debunked by her. Like when they bring up that she's controlling and only allows them to speak English in the house. She's like, well, he speaks French. His native tongue is French. Mine is German. We agreed upon English as, you know, to meet in the middle. So it was fair. Like, all right. And then they bring up the cheating. And she's like, well, I did talk to him and telling him that I needed to have sex. And he was depressed. And we talked about it. And it was something that we agreed on. It's like, well, there goes our theory. Which is convenient, I guess, <laughs> as far as the sex thing goes. I do like the speaking in English being kind of their common ground because it, it opens the door. Not necessarily, but it does start to open the door of they each can't speak as fluent as they could if they were to speak in their native tongue. Because who's to say they speak English as well as German or French? Right. From an American's perspective, they probably speak it better than Americans do, English, if based off of my experience with people outside of people from outside of the Americas. Yeah. They start <laughs> off saying, Yeah, I don't speak English very well. Dude, that sentence you're already good. You're, you're good. <laughs> you're good to go. There's no doubt about that. Especially people who of academic lineages, right? Like this like Sandra here. She's Yes. So it does and doesn't kind of help build this case of, you know, more, there's more to how people feel than what they're letting on, whether that be through their inability or ability to communicate or what they're hiding from each other. 
like we've already said, like with your therapist and her lying about hitting her arm. Or Daniel, who is and isn't reliable, right? Because he's... Blind? (laughs) He's blind, which is an important part of his character, right? Yes. And he's also a kid who is like any other human being, but he's... He's he's a kid, so he's kind of hard to put on, you know, a soapbox and take him com- com- completely seriously. At least in a courtroom setting, I think we treat kids a little inferior to adults. So that it just it opens up that door to whether or not we can even let him kind of sway us one way or the other, or is everything. Do we have these preconceived notions of just kids aren't reliable in any way whatsoever, let alone that he's blind? While at the same time, Daniel is or appears to be the most honest character. He corrects himself in a in an apologetic way, right? He tells us some of the more like personal experiences with his dad and his mom, right? When it feels like Sandra isn't hiding anything per se, but she's only giving just enough. Like she should, right? As a someone who's defending themselves. You don't want to put yourself in any corner, unnecessary corner. Yeah, I really appreciate that Daniel took the time to send his mom away. Like I I need to be alone right now so he could think about it. So he could experiment on his dog because he he had a thought, which is very mature for a kid to do that. You think I'm sending my mom away? No. (laughs) But he took the time to think about how this whole situation makes him feel. When you're given all this information that's so biased. I mean, how biased is a fight? You know, think about all the fights you've had with somebody and just how crazy you sound. I mean, I know I've had my fair share of I'm, I could be put in a mental institution for just the things you say in the heat of the moment. Even just the recording of it. Yeah, especially a recording of it. You don't even get to see the um, actions behind how they're saying this stuff. Or the before and after. Yeah, you just hear the words. And the you know the before and after is so important. So he's he's been handed all that information and he still took the time to think about it. And yeah, I mean, Sandra plays it smart. She says what she needs to say. She justifies what she needs to justify. But there's no feeling in it. Yeah, she's not very likable, but she's also not very unlikable. Yeah, she's a matter-of-fact kind of person. That's the German in her. Mm. Yeah, it makes the presence of those recordings and that he did that, I guess, on a regular basis, at least towards the more heated sections of their relationship, it makes Samuel look like a dickhead. He's not only a sad boy, but he's he's doing this Amber Heard shit and trying to set this girl up. Yes. For some reason. Who is recording fights like that? That is psychotic. Yes. Dude is psycho. That's the first thing I thought when they said there's a tape. I'm like, wait a minute. There's a tape? Yeah. There's several tapes? Yeah. yeah. She She better be beating the shit out of you. That's like the only excuse for that. In some way or another, doesn't I guess it doesn't need to be physical, but it needs to be some. There needs to be some violence there. But she, the tapes kind of backfire, I think, on Samwell and make him look like he's just taking out on all these things he wish would have happened to him, like the book thing or just the guilt for Daniel. Yeah, accident. the guilt. 
it looks like he just is taking all this stuff out on Sandra. So that's what confuses me because the what's the point of this movie? We're investigating Sandra, right? But we're not really like what is what is happening here? Is there a woman feminist slant that we're supposed to cheer for Sandra? I really don't. I don't know. Why are we just supposed to hate on the victims? Not necessarily cheer for Sandra, but get over all these, I don't know, men that are playing victims and trying to bring you down? Because I, I kind of see it with the Amanda Knox case of protecting women who are, I don't know, strong or whatever. You know, Sandra here has a strong character. She's going to do what she's going to do, and she's going to go after what she wants to go after. If there's obstacles, she's going to face them. Like, she's just a matter-of-fact person. You deal with it as you go. Which is sort of admirable, if you ask me. Yes. Woman or not. That's what I'm saying, strong. And then Amanda Knox is, maybe she explored her sexuality and wasn't ashamed of it or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I get that, but then I don't get the Samuel side of it. I mean, exactly i he is a victim he's a victim of himself he's a he's obviously experienced some imposter syndrome he is a pretty interesting character and gives a, gives a great argument of performance of course that whole argument is it's awesome it's awesome can't take anything away from that performative piece yes but you you almost feel like this investigation would have kind of turned into an investigation of samuel in the way the characters were displayed, you know, and less of an investigation of what and how, what happened, you know, what happened, the incident of him dying, and more of an investigation of his personality and behavior through his, you know, so-called therapist and friends or whatever, and less of a focus on Sandra in that way, because Sandra's the adult here. Sandra didn't kill herself. He didn't think about killing herself. First of all, yeah, let's start there. All right, it's... <laughs> I know it's a tough thing to like want to kill yourself, like to have the feelings, but it's a it's sort of an immature thing to do to to execute. Ex- oh, yeah. Excuse the pun. Oh damn. So I'm just I'm just struggling with I can't I feel like the movie's trying to get me to balance this Sandra thing because I know Justine here, the, our director, didn't let Sandra, the actor, that her name is Sandra in real life too. It's kind of funny. The Sandra character is played by a girl named Sandra. I don't know her last name. And then Samuel, same thing. His real name ah. is Samuel. So that's kind of a fun thing. And it, But she was explicit in not being conclusive about whether or not she did it. With us, the audience, and with Sandra, the actor herself, she didn't tell her one way or the other. Which I get for maybe a directorial perspective that you don't want the actor to maybe be too deceptive you want him to be you want him to live in this vague world because you want the message in the movie to come across as sterile and vague as possible maybe but it it just comes across like it's supposed to open up that door of well maybe she did do it maybe she didn't do it it really the door i feel like gets tightly welded shut after the kid oh yeah for sure i'm with you I wasn't at first, but thinking about it, I was just like, man, they they really wrote themselves in a corner with the kid. 
Yeah. And maybe I'm just empathetic, sympathetic to a kid. Maybe he should have been younger. Maybe he should have been like seven because I think he was like 11 or 12. It's almost an adult in my eyes in like a, you know, uh, in a thinking uh-huh. sure. capacity. Sure. So you think a younger kid would have helped with the did she or didn't she? It could have, but I think there's too many other things that are sort of wrong with the focus and the storytelling of the film. Yeah, the the kid thing is what definitely flipped it for me because he says, when I think about my mom, whether she did it, I'm confused. I can't, you know, I can't picture it. But when I think about my dad, if he killed himself, I can definitely understand it. And imagine a seven-year-old saying that. It I would, can't imagine a seven-year-old. It would be a little yeah. weird. It almost would feel like, did someone tell you to say that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, because seven-year-olds don't say that. Yeah. yeah. He's 11, I think. I think that's what he is. That's, that's, that's old enough. That's old enough to know your feelings and be saying that kind of thing. So that right there flipped it for me. I'm like, okay, you know, he's the kid. He's this kid who is blind, so he has to rely on his feelings. And for some reason, him being blind makes his feelings, makes how he feels things. I think that's a little ironic. Too. More valid. Mm-hmm. That's that's well said. Well fucking said. And then the last thing Sandra says towards the end of the movie is what completely sealed it for me, that she didn't do it. Yeah. It's when she says, when you win, it's just over. And she's just kind of not sad she's not sad about the situation she's just kind of like like okay now what i don't know how to put that feeling into one word but i don't know that really spoke to me because if she had done it she would be a little bit happier about it but she was just sad that this was a waste of her time yeah she won this case but what did she really win nothing she still lost her husband yeah she still sort of loses in the end we we don't know enough about them if whether or not she is happy to restart in that way. We don't really know anything about him. I mean, she seems like she would be. She seems like if he came up to her and said, okay, you know what? I'm sorry, and I'm going to try to get better. And she's like, all right, perfect. Try to get better. Write that book. Do what you need to do. I don't know. That's just based off of everything. That just seems like how she would react. Yes. And then just... I don't know, that that end did it for me. And then the end end, when she comes home, you know, she kisses her kid. Then she goes and lays down on the couch or mattress or the bed, whatever. And then the dog comes up to her. And then they're there together. Well, I think that was his, Sam Wells, like, day bed in his office or whatever. That's right. That's right. That's right. But the dog sensed in a way that it's all okay. You're okay kid's okay hopefully he doesn't try to kill me again but we're all gonna be okay and you don't do it basically so i don't know if i was supposed well <sighs> see it's, it's just confusing because the whole time i thought she did it but then these things sealed it for me but it's not like i was wishy-washy and then i don't mm-hmm. know but maybe i should have been paying more attention the whole time it was just a bit too slow for me to be fully paying attention to everything that was going on and what was being said. I think that's partially because the case they build in between the indictment and the meetings that she has with her lawyer and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I think this it's trying to build the case of the uncertainty within Sandra of whether or not she did it. 
but neglecting why I should care. Mm, yeah. I think that's an important part. Yes. They did do a great job of making Samuel look like the dumbass here. And I know we've said it, but... And I don't... I, th- I think it's... I think it's backfiring. Don't think it's supposed to be like that. Well, now that I think about it, he starts off being a total dick. By playing that most... First of all, the most annoying song I've ever heard in my life. While his wife is trying to do an interview for her book. And he puts it on repeat. Like, you do it one time for the, you know, the getting it out of your system. But then you're putting it on repeat. You being a fucking malicious jerk. Maybe you could say it's uh, right out of the gate. It starts off being a little manipulative where... Of course Sandra's going to kill this guy. He's annoying. (laughs) You know, it's not building a case for us. It's just... You know, he's annoying. I could kill him right now kind of thing. It's just like, well, that's not a case to actually kill someone, especially in a mega dramatic movie Mm -hmm. or, you know, dramatically depicted at the very least. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I'm, I, there's part of me that tells me I, I should like this movie a little bit more, but it's, I don't think, I think it's a little bit of, I I think it has a little bit of a disguise of being great. And I, I think it's a little flat. In a lot of areas. And I, I think those, I think that through line of the prosecutor and the chaoticness of the court and those couple of scenes with with Daniel in the court and the experiment and then the fight, they're almost sp- spread out enough that it really kind of holds it together and in, in a, on an entertainment level maybe of like, or, an, or maybe on an artistic level of just performative pieces. That I feel like people are being a little misled in its supposed masterclassness. I feel like because this film's being talked about like it's you know one of the greatest film of 2023, you know one of at the very least, and it and it feels a little mediocre for the most part, kind of in a fancy sheep's clothing or something, you know. Yeah, definitely. So- I feel like it's being talked about like. It's a wonderful, cohesive story and such a drama piece. And, oh my God, I can't get over how people are saying that this is the best performance of 2023. Maybe the best female performance. Yeah, maybe. But, I mean, she didn't stand out to me as like, oh my God, she's gonna... She, she's gonna be nominated for sure. Like, that, that wasn't coming out of my mouth. And honestly, I pretty much liked all the scenes with Daniel when Daniel is taking his dog for a walk. And I didn't know he was blind then when he finds the dad. That was crazy. That was a crazy shot. Um, the dad laying there and all the blood coming out with the white, white snow. That's that's a big contrast. And that was visually good. And then we find out he's blind. So everything else he does is just awesome. Him playing the piano. Not saying that he had the best performance of 2023, but those were probably my favorite parts. Him telling us his story. Him sending his mom away. How did you feel about the title? It helps, funny enough, it helps tie in the the fact that this movie doesn't know exactly what it is. <laughs> because you'd feel like there's a little, you, after reading the title, you'd feel like there would be a little bit more of an investigation happening. When, and less of an, an an attack on an individual. Yes. 
Like the word anatomy sounds so... Procedural. So textbook. Yeah. Yes. And I don't know if maybe there's a translation um, thing there. Maybe the word anatomy in French means something else less procedural like that. But just, I don't know. I'm, I'm with you. I don't, I don't like the title. I don't think it fits the movie. I like the title. I, yeah, I just don't think it fits the movie. I don't like the title with this movie. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the, yeah, the title's fine. <laughs> I like the phrase of anatomy of something. You know, that's a easy, good title, I feel like. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's better put. It doesn't fit this movie, and I don't like that it doesn't fit this movie. And I normally don't have a problem with titles. They're either just okay or they're fine. They fit what I'm seeing, at least. But this one gave me an issue. Yeah, totally. And I think, again, I think they're just simply because it it immediately right out of the gate before the first scene even plays that title indicates something that this movie isn't and that's a problem mm-hmm. that's a problem whether it's a translation problem or not there sh- it should have been localized to make a little more sense in that yep. way because the film is in mostly english i would imagine that that title is pretty smooth it's probably the original title everything else is probably translated in other directions oh okay i see what you're saying yeah yeah, in the wiki page, it says that Variety, the magazine, which I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know what it was. But um, they described it as a Hitchcockian procedural thriller. Apparently, when you click on Hitchcockian on the wiki page, it gives you some characteristics of some elements that are considered Hitchcockian, which I don't know. I found that kind of interesting. Do we have that with other directors yeah yeah we have that with like a wiki page with characteristics um, i know there's terms like lynchian and whatnot i would assume yes especially with some of the old guys but hitchcock is old old isn't he yeah yeah he's he's an old guy he's an i would i would guess spill spielbergian you was, think that's one? had a wiki page i don't know but i would guess that one to have one because that one seems to be i guess they have to have characteristics about their films that have been yeah some of them are hard to define like yeah because there's someone here that are silly because it says climactic plot twist (laughs) the cool platinum blonde an innocent man accused and this one's funny tension building through suspense to the point where the audience enjoys seeing the character in a life-threatening situation example vertigo i don't know if i like this yeah but I it was just interesting. Yeah, I don't know if that's a that's funny. I don't think that's a very well thought out <laughs> description. I'm not a Hitchcock expert or fan yet. I haven't seen really any Hitchcock to be honest. But that sounds like to me to be some of the essence of just storytelling. Yeah, I don't really like that kind of description because that starts to detail the nut of sophisticated storytelling. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of more of the train of thought where if something is Lynchian, there's a, sure, there's an element of like specific character interactions or dialogue that might feel Lynchian, but it's really, it's the sum of the parts because the mood is just as important and the mood is hard to define in every movie, you know, compared to another. So I can't help but to believe and say that without sufficient examples 
or just one specific example would be enough. I uh, I wouldn't say it's Hitchcockian, but I'm not Hitch- I'm not a Hitchcock fan, so it's hard me to it's it's hard for me to say one way or the other. Yeah, same here. I just thought it was interesting how vague it can possibly be. Yeah, which is that's terrible. Yeah. That's we need a better vocabulary in the way we talk about modern art, contemporary art. All right, man. Well, that was a fun talk. Did you have fun? Did you get swayed one way or the other? Yeah, maybe I like it a point or two higher. Not a point or two. Zero point or higher. Yeah, on the letterbox scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. I, there's, it's kind of funny. I don't love this movie, but I think there is something really sophisticated and intellectually kind of interesting here. I think it just fails in the best ways possible. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's it's not a, it's not just a, a movie not knowing what it is, but it's a movie thinking it knows what it is, but it, but it, but it just isn't, I don't know. Is that, I don't know if that's any better. Like it doesn't deliver what it's trying to give you. It's not defined. Yeah. And it takes too long. It does take too long. It's, this movie is undeniably, I think, too long that's the one thing that probably should have been rethought out completely Mm -hmm. so man do you have a budget guess for me here today i do my budget guess is five million that's all i got i don't know why that's just the number that popped in my head i just felt it Mm -hmm. it's a good guess actually oh 6.7 the budget was 6.7 not bad wow not bad I'm pretty close. <laughs> well, man, here we go. Here's the final note that is so obnoxious to to bring up again and again. But over on Letterboxd, it has a 4.2. Uh, no. It's... <laughs> it's not 4.2 territory whatsoever. It's super loved. Mm. Interesting. I don't know what to say about that. What would you give it? I gave it a 1.5. Maybe after talking about it, I could bump it up to a two, but I'd have to think about it a little more. But that's where I'm at, 1.52. Yeah, I'm, I'm living in the 2.53 realm. I can't get away from that 2.5 just because it's a very sophisticated movie, whether I liked it very much or not mm-hmm. kind of thing. And, but that three is that there's something kind of academic about it that I can't help but to want to appreciate it a little bit more so it's just I'm, I'm living in that weird space with it well that's probably what those fours are also thinking like there's something there that i like so i'm gonna give it a four yeah but not really thinking about it i don't know i just felt like it was too slow for me to really focus on a lot and i don't like that i don't like that in a movie i don't like a movie feeling slow you're not about to bore me for two and a half hours yeah um- Two hours, really. A boring movie is arguably the worst offense. So that is unfortunate. You're giving it a lot <laughs> if it bored you for two hours. Good. Yeah. yeah, man. Well, thank you. Thank you for watching this movie with me. I know it was a little bit of a drag. Yeah, I guess there was enough throughout it that I'm like, okay, bored. Oh, interested. Bored. Okay, interested for like two seconds. All right, bored. They didn't make you care enough. Mm-hmm. I don't care how great your performances are. I don't care how 
you know, muted and beautiful your shots are purely based off of your environment. You know, you got to make me care. And uh, maybe Justine disagrees. Maybe maybe she does care. Her about maybe she does think these characters are worth caring about. I don't know. Yeah, good good job on your budget guess. I was surprised to hear that. I was surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised. Yeah. Nice. All right, you guys. Thank you for listening to this episode. Hopefully, there's something worth taking away from this. Hopefully, you guys won't be too upset about our on the fence ness about this. I thought we were gonna be. To be honest, when the movie started rolling, I thought I was going to really like it and you're going to be bored by it. But we ended up kind of a little bit more in the, the middle together. <laughs> what? That's funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, watch the movie. It's Yeah. It's an interesting watch. I guess it is. Go watch it. So, but thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Filmsteins. Remember, we post every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday over on patreoncom Filmsteins, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, all the goods. And remember to leave nice reviews, comments, thoughts, and ideas all over our social media and other platforms. Come to our Patreon. Request the movie. That would be rad. Rad. But until next time, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that's a wrap for today's episode of The Film of Steins. Thanks for tuning in and joining us on our cinematic journey. We hope you enjoyed our discussion, gained some new insights and perspectives in the world of movies. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform, especially Patreon at patreon.com slash and follow us on social media for more film-related content. We love hearing from our listeners, so if you have any feedback, suggestions, movie recommendations, or book recommendations, please feel free to reach out to us. Until next time, keep watching and keep loving the magic of movies. This is the Film of Steins, signing off. <laughs>